Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. I don't know how to say this other than to say it. My wife's mom died last week. She had been in hospice. As deaths go, it was probably uh, one of the most peaceful and and kind of easy for her, thanks to the hospice that her husband helped to found in Syracuse, New York. Um, I met Natalie Scully Jivoff in 1980, so 42 years ago. And she always welcomed me, and she always made me feel at home. And she supported us, and she modeled what it was like to be just not a good mom, but a great mom. Um, she had six children and, you know, like nine grandchildren, and now at least three great-grandchildren, four great-grandchildren, and, you know, counting. And... uh she was wonderful. We went up to Syracuse last year, and after well over a decade of trying, she finally agreed to talk to me on audio just to get a little bit of her life story. And I'm so grateful we did because um, now there's no more opportunity to record her voice. But um, Natalie Jivoff, I just honor you, and it was just such a privilege you know, to be your son-in-law. Thank you. Your thoughts are not always in your best interest because they're connected to your ego and your ego is drenched in fear. Your authentic emotions are always in your best interest because like I said earlier, they're connected to your spirit. What is the sound of one man listening? This is Man Listening, a fresh podcast featuring the stories of strong women who bounce back. Man Listening, because every woman deserves to be heard. Hi there, and welcome to Man Listening. I'm Stuart Watson. My friend Tim, the restaurateur, uh, introduced me to um, a former colleague of his, Jennifer Busco. She had him on her podcast, and I listened to it, and I was like, I want to talk to her, a fellow podcaster. And I found a woman who was extremely spiritual, almost mystic, and it really surprised me um, because... You know, she was, they were so light and kind of airy on her podcast, and she was, there was a lot of depth. It kind of all started when she saw a vision as a child, but you'll hear her talk about that. Jennifer Busco does the Jennifer Johnny show, a podcast, Jennifer Johnny, J-O-N-N-I-E, and you'll hear how she got that name. Jennifer, thank you for talking to me. It's a really, I learned a lot. Jennifer Johnny. Where were you born? I was born in Syracuse, New York. Hospital or home? Hospital. Do you know which one? Community General. You know, my wife is from there, and mm-hmm. her father was a doctor there. At Community General? No, he was at Krauss Irving. I was going to say, I don't have a copy of my birth certificate, so if he was at Community General and you could pull but some strings. But he did not deliver babies, oh, okay. so there's no, there's no worry about that. Yeah. I lost my birth certificate, and I need it. 
Yeah. How did you lose your I record? don't know. Lose, I guess. You need it now, though, right? <laughs> Yes, because I didn't know what time I was born. Uh, I wanted to know what time I was born for have like, you, astrological reasons. Have you done the chart? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we figured it out. What did you learn from that chart? Well, so I had a guest on my podcast that specializes in human design, which astrology is just almost, I think it's one-fourth or one-fifth of what human design is. So it takes all different modalities and blends them together and then gives you essentially, quote unquote, who you are. What are the other? So there's like um, the chakra system, like the energetic system, astrology. Is it Qigong or Tai Chi? Oh my gosh, I'm so bad. There's a couple other modalities that I can't think of right now because they're like um, Eastern, but they're all in the spiritual realm. So no like straight up DNA. No, 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 no. So I guess uh, the story is a man was meditating in Bali or Belize. <laughs> Nobody Google this because, or everybody needs to Google this because everything <laughs> I'm saying is wrong. But he channeled human design and it's a combination of like three or four different modalities. Well, I ask about old school things. Birth order. Where are you in the birth order for your mother? Like of my siblings? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the youngest of four girls, and that's why my middle name is Johnny, because my dad, all he wanted was a boy. So first one, second one, third one, strike three. By the time I came, he was like, I caramba, I give up. And they named my middle name Johnny because he was like, well, I can't have a boy, but... And did you become the kind of tomboy? I'm boy? not super close with him. We don't really have a relationship. Um, he is still married to my mother and still alive, but we're just not super close. I think he wanted a boy so much. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't really resonate with females very well. Did he like dress you and did you play peewee football or I was, something? No, <laughs> but I was very scarred? athletic. I was very tomboy. Yeah. I do not mind getting my hands dirty. I love sports. I played soccer, volleyball, and softball in Cicero, North Syracuse High School, yeah. which your wife, I'm sure, has heard of. Really, that's it. I think as I've aged, I've gotten to be um, really well balanced with the masculine and feminine. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? Give me an example of masculine and example of feminine. I, you don't know how much this question makes me happy because this is a huge part of um, the energy world is trying to find a balance of male and female or masculine and feminine energy. So healthy masculine energy in general, and this is just talking energetics, it's empowered, you know, empowered action confrontations, healthy confrontations, being proactive, right? That's all male energy. And then feminine energy is intuitive, listening, engaging. But what can happen with these energies is depending on how you grew up, those energies can go out of balance. Now, uh, if someone is too male in their energy, what is, what is, what's the problem with that? So too male would probably be, out of balance male would be like bullying, like toxic sort of um, emotional or verbal abuse, you know, somebody that gets really mad. I like to say like those people that sort of shoot weapons when they're having that conversation. Well, you did this and, you know, and just sort of being really violent with their words. That's sort of out of balance masculine. Where out of balance feminine is being the martyr, the victim. Well, nobody's told me that I was doing that or nobody told me they were going there. And just that whole victim, martyr energy. In other words, not assuming responsibility or accountability for whatever your part is. Yes, accountability, like confrontation, empowerment, that's all healthy masculine energy. And so since I didn't really grow up with a present father, so he was physically present, but we didn't really have a relationship, I've never seen that as a role model. So as I started doing this work in spirituality and energy, I've had to cultivate my own masculine energy. 
Yeah, yeah I and mean, I think the healthiest way for me to look at it is with neutrality in the sense of he was sort of given a toolbox by his parents. You know, we come from like um, very sort of cold Italian lineage, you know, like everybody's kind of based around image. <laughs> And um, and we weren't really touchy-feely, lovey-dovey, and so that's sort of how his mother was. And so he didn't really have the desire to try to put new tools in his parental toolbox. Where I, on the other hand, I'm like, oh my gosh, what can I do to make my child have the best childhood Im <laughs> as he can? Image in what? Oh, um, I think that image in the sense of with the four daughters, whoever the skinniest was, was the favorite of my oh. parents and my grandparents. So more like image of how you look. Oh. Your worth is based on how skinny you are, the clothes you wear, stuff like that. So how you present, yes. it's not what will people think about your GPA or what will people... Um, as we age and now it's wealth. So I'm definitely not the favorite busco. Because <laughs> I'm following my dreams. I'm not all the way abundant yet, but I know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah. yeah. It takes and time, right? When you say abundance, what do you, what do you mean by that? I mean, is it just like... Uh, bank balance or net worth or is it like it's what do interesting you mean? because I think when you say abundance we automatically all think wealth right but I'm abundant in so many ways but you've seen my apartment I don't even have a stainless steel fridge you know but my life is so abundant people are always offering me things giving me things even just ridiculous things like hand-me-downs from my girlfriends like hey do you want this really sweet jacket that was my son's and now you can give it to your son I mean constantly people are dropping things off at my doorstep opportunities are happening friends um, I got my first sponsor on my podcast this past week because a friend just was having a conversation with the owner of a market here in Charlotte and he was like you need to sponsor her so that's abundance I didn't have to do any work and this new quote-unquote sponsor is falling into my lap I don't know how to receive Receiving is a big deal in the energy world because your body physically needs to receive energy to be healthy. So a lot of people that have physical sort of body issues or ailments is simply because they can't receive. And a lot of times that's, so you receive in the back of the heart energetically. So when I have clients that have You're patting your back. You're like, yes. Yep. Like, so when you say the back of the heart, you mean like... So, so you know how your heart transmits all the blood physically? Yeah. Energetically, it transmits all the energy. Does that make sense? So the, the energy comes in the back of the heart and then boop, the heart just spins it and knows exactly where to bring it. So when I have clients in my sessions that have issues receiving, such as a caregiver, well, how are they receiving? They're taking care of their husband who's had multiple brain surgeries and they're depleted. So if they're in my session, I will have them sit in front of me and I will give them energy from the back and imagining that like a swinging door is opening almost like the Wizard of Oz door, you know, like the tornado's coming, open the door, close the door. And then they imagine the energy is coming in the back of their heart because energy moves with intention. So if you just imagine something, it happens. Is that like Reiki? So I'm certified. My title is Advanced Energy Healer, which is a very general sort of term where Reiki is a specific style. Sort of like, here's soda, I drink Diet Pepsi. I'm the soda, but I do drink Diet Pepsi. <laughs> so it's a more generalized. Yes. So my, my teacher is a medical intuitive, so she specializes in someone that has medical issues and what the emotional, hormonal, or past life issue is behind it. And she was able to tune into each of our energy systems to see sort of where our future was going and which energy would serve us best for the work that we were doing in the world.
when you say work you're doing in the world. I love your questions. <laughs> that's a lot, that's like what kind what does that mean? Like I and the work that I do in the world is try to guide my clients to figure out what their work in the world is, right? I feel like if you follow your purpose and your joy, you're serving the collective. But this isn't LinkedIn. This is like when you say your work in the world, oh, I get got the sense it. That um, that's your, bigger... your contribution. Yeah. So your contribution to the world. Why are you here in this life, in this human body? I would say empowerment and most likely I've been working on that for many, 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 many years. And that's why I believe I asked for a parent that wasn't there because I have had self-worth issues my whole life, which has made me find empowerment from the inside out. So actually when I'm in heaven, I'm going to high five my father. Thanks for not being there because of you. I've taught myself from the inside out empowerment and worth. And you know, some people believe we get together before. I 100% believe that and say, okay, this time you're going to be the distant father yep. and I'm going to... I haven't learned um, compassion. I'm a young soul. I'm not really sure like what compassion is yet, right? Like, so a lot of young souls don't understand compassion. We're older souls, like probably you and I. We've already been stabbed, killed, murdered. Our kids have been thrown off cliffs and sacrificed. If you're a young soul, those things haven't really necessarily happened. So you haven't learned compassion. So people that you come across in your life that don't really have compassion, most likely they're a young soul. Nothing wrong with that. We need young and old, right? But people will say at that round table, quote unquote, hey, if I haven't learned compassion by 25, make me learn it. So people that just don't have a conscious, um, they're young souls. People that just get you, like my 10 year old, he's 10 and I feel like he, he can tell when I'm sad. He's like, are you okay, mama? Like that kind of energy, because he's already lived multiple, 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 multiple lives, that that stuff's not new to him. Because your lessons that you learn, they get carried over in your soul, is what I've been told and I believe. So not necessarily your higher self, but your soul carries all your lessons. So I think I've been learning empowerment for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And I think this life, hopefully America, I'm gonna conquer it. <laughs> You're going to conquer America, you're going to conquer... Being empowered. Being empowered. And, and sharing my tools with the world on how to do that. And that's the beautiful thing about, I think, healers or somebody on Tinder, so I don't really go on the apps very often, but sometimes I'll go on for like six minutes and then I'm swiping and I'm like, oh, this feels so like everybody is disposable. So I went on last week and this guy was like, well, how do healers um, heal themselves or something, some question I'm like, it's kind of a dumb question because that's why healers are healers because we've all been through stuff and we want to share that with other people at least in my experience yeah um, but clearly you have people that you work with a lot of therapists have therapists 100% um, and so you may not have a healer but you have people that you work with so what types of people work with you so I love that question. So um, I, I was trained by Christine Lang, but Dana Childs, who is also here in Charlotte, she is a, an intuitive. And I've taken some of her workshops, but I'm not certified by her. But we are really good friends and have been really good friends. So she has taught me so much. So we would just be driving in the car on the phone and she'd be like, do you want to hear what your spirit's saying about this relationship? And I'm like, oh, give it to me. You know, so just by being her friend for all the maybe 10 years, I have grown so much. Um, but I also do hypnotherapy. So I have a hypnosis therapist um, based out of LA, which that's the beautiful thing about COVID is you never thought you could do these things over Zoom, you know? And I think that she really helped me with my subconscious work because consciously I know I'm worthy. I know I'm awesome. Everybody loves me, but subconsciously I have all these old beliefs that are just sort of stuck in my basement <laughs> that she can go in and sort of dredge up. So I work with her and then honestly podcast. 
Marie Manucherry is a medical intuitive based out of Seattle, and I listen to her podcast every time I run. And people just call in, they ask her a question, she reads them. They call in, ask a question, and every time, very often, it's a question that you've had before in your life, or you know somebody else that has had that issue. Yeah. And when she said, do you want to know what your friend says? Okay, so there are... Your spirit, she says. Your spirit. That's how she words it, yes. Some people say... um, talk about the ancestors mm-hmm. like your ancestors some people talk about spirit guides mm-hmm. and some people talk about what you might think of is um they even use the phrase ascended masters mm-hmm. heard that yeah um so where does your spirit fit with all these different entities so i believe that your spirit is just your higher self and so one of the things I preach in all my sessions and I try to practice as well in life is that's why your emotions are so important, your authentic emotions, because what you authentically feel. I've always wanted to do a podcast. I used to watch Oprah 20 years ago and be like, I could be her. But then the voice in the head was like, you're ridiculous. You could never, blah, 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 right? So doing a podcast or this sort of work has always felt good to me. If I went into my emotional body, it has felt good. Well, guess what? Your emotions are connected to your intuition and your intuitions connected to your higher self or your spirit. And that is the ultimate form of love of who you are. And the higher self and the spirit wants you to be happy, healthy, and abundant. So to me, your spirit is just the utmost form of love. It always forgives you no matter what. It's the highest form of quote unquote heavenly energy. Like I sort of imagine the color white, but that might not be what somebody else imagines. But to me, when I imagine like heavenly energy, it's white light. But that's not really how everybody else relates to it or associates with it. But I think that your spirit is just your highest self. And it's been with you all your lives. Your soul is a little bit denser. So your, your spirit's like really um, light and airy. Your soul is a little bit denser and that's what carries your life lessons with you. So you carry your lessons like, oh, remember that I need to be empowered. From the study that studies that I've done with trauma is... Um, trauma is also animalistic. It's called uh, Waking the Tiger, and Peter Levine talks about how animals deal with trauma versus humans. The long story short is it's an animalistic um, behavior to keep calling in the trauma because that's an opportunity for you to heal it. So that's why we call in the traumas over and over and over again, whether it's abandonment, rejection. We keep calling it in because it's animalistic for us. Like, hey, I want to fix this, so keep let this keep happening so I can suss it out, heal it, and and move on. And so it's actually a beautiful thing when that's happening in a way because it's giving us the chance to really heal it and it's not letting it sort of fall by the wayside, if you're conscious and aware. For the purpose of the evolution of the soul, is that it? Yes. So in other words, we're healing it not just for this lifetime. Yes. We're healing it for Mm -hmm. the future. But going back to the young souls, you know, like I said, neutrality, neutrality. If if you can get anything from this podcast or what I'm here for, I feel like it is. And I have to practice this in my own life, trying not to judge. You know, judgment is a form of attack. Underneath the attack is pain. Underneath the pain is a cry for love. I try not to judge, even in the sense of, oh, that person was a heroin addict. Well, maybe in this life they chose not to grow a lot. Maybe in the last life they were the king or some crazy power position and they worked hard in this life. They're like, you know what? at that round table, I don't really want to learn that much. Can I just be a heroin addict and be high? Who am I to judge that? Who am I to judge that? Do you learn by talking to these people, by reading, by what, by all of the above? I'm I'm not really a big reader. I'm more like creative person, like, yeah, talking and experience. How I learn is from my own healing. 
So, oh, you're in this verbally abusive relationship, Jennifer? Well, you need to set a boundary, tell them how you feel, and then walk away. Okay. You know, I have a ton of girlfriends right now that are in similar situations that won't walk away, which again, no judgment, but I learned from living my life. Well, obviously, as a girl, you weren't doing all this kind of energy work. How, how <laughs> did you, what happened that led you to this path? Um, how real can I be here? You'd be as real, and, well, don't be fucking fake. Okay, so I can swear. <laughs> Good to know. So um, I've always felt a pull towards religion and spirituality, but I didn't grow up religious. Like my household wasn't super like lovey-dovey warm. My mom forgot to baptize me. And in fifth grade, she was like, Jennifer, here's this white dress. And I was like getting baptized in fifth grade. I look over, she's painting her nails in the pew, like nail, nail polish on her nails. I'm like, okay, this is definitely not part of our family line. Um, but she did it because, you know, you got to keep up with everybody <laughs> It was no judgment on her. It yes, no judgment on her at all. But that was my experience. But I've always felt a pull to something bigger, long story short. And I remember one time I was, I don't know, maybe maybe my kid's age, maybe around 10, and I was going to sleep, and I was laying in my bed, and I looked up, and I saw angels, or what appeared to be some sort of angels, which I don't see to this day, which is kind of annoying. I saw, like, white, I felt like angels over my bed. So I went downstairs and told my mother, it was like 3 a.m. And she's like, I'm like, mom, I think I just saw angels over my bed. She's like, oh, Jennifer, sit down and cut coupons with me and hands me a pair of scissors. I'm like, okay. So it wasn't really supported in my childhood, which maybe if it was, it would have been maybe not serving to me because it would have been like more organized religion, which I don't really resonate with as much. But I've always felt the pull for something bigger. I've always loved singing. And that was probably my closest way to connect with that energy. Do you know what I mean? The energy of just pure joy and love was when I shut my door and I could sing to Tori Amos and Madonna, depending on the decade, right? And I would just sing and sing and sing. And that was my pure, like, blissful state. And then little Jenny Busco went to high school and, and some college and started doing, like, mushrooms and LSD. And I think that's what really, really opened my door. I would be at, like, a Rusted Root concert. I'm showing my age. I would be at, like, a Rusted Root concert, and I would be looking at people, and I could just literally see their energies. I could see the interactions. I could see the people that were trying to take the energy versus the ones that were giving. I could see the inauthenticities of people, which I know is bad. And I think back then I was more negative or fear-based. I was seeing all of the fakeness in everybody. And I'm just like, oh, my God, make this stop. So I didn't really have good trips back then because I was seeing the realness of people. And maybe I wasn't in a good spot where I was drawing in the highest vibrational people. But that really um, woke me up. And then I started reading books like The Celestine Prophecy. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. And then started doing work with Oprah. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, Eckhart Tolle with The Power of Now and all that stuff that she did with The New Earth. That was huge. And then finally I got certified to teach yoga in 2009. And that that kind of started my like spiritual journey in that platform and then from yoga energy but I mean there are plenty of people who teach yoga who don't go into yes. this kind of stuff well I don't know if you know or if you've done any news stories in Charlotte on yoga but the yoga here is insanely physically fit like physically it is fast and hot it is very exercise oriented there's definitely some depth to it which I love the yoga I'm not dogging it but it's not really based around that here in a lot of studios like people are kind of uncomfortable doing things like chanting well, and stuff I don't like that. I don't like the hot yoga yeah. mm -hmm. I mean somebody said to me the other day I said what studio should I go to and he said such such 
He said, it's really more interval training with yoga. <laughs> I wonder what yoga is. That's hysterical. I said, no, I not for me, not was. for this old fat man. Well, I teach so, at Charlotte Yoga. It's yoga. And I love Charlotte Yoga. I love the community. I love everything about it. But it is, you have to keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. People want to work out. You know. Well, where, where do you go if you are interested in, like, getting grounded? So, so like meditation, I would say. I feel like maybe meditation is the gate, the gateway drug. It's like the yeah. weed. It's like the weed of just, <laughs> yoga, because well, that brings just you silence. Just yeah. learning to be still and in silence and yes. to breathe. So physical yoga in Charlotte is great because it is so popular that I feel like it's making Charlotte more conscious. But the student themselves has the student themselves has to be hungry for more because we don't really have like workshops like this around Charlotte. I think if I left a workshop at Charlotte Yoga that was based around what we're talking about, I'm not sure what the attendance would be. I just, I don't know. I've thought about it. And so I'm wondering if there's not a, let's have a little chat about like what we're about here and how this is different from the YMCA or Orange Theory or, you know, whatever kind of fitness regimen you're in that this is different, like we're about something different here. Like almost like toward the Tai Chi or Qigong. Yes, but the problem is you don't burn a lot of calories in Tai Chi, Stuart. That's well, the problem and it's a business and people yeah. want to, they want to take that, and I understand, they want to take that hour out of their day, they're leaving Bank of America to drive to Park Road to go to Charlotte Yoga, they want to ch check the box of having a workout. But I, I think there should be a box for complete silence. <laughs> I know there should be and I, I really do believe that the complete silence like feeds your soul no earbuds mm -hmm. no person talking to you you talking to no one just mm -hmm. completely like looking at the lake looking at the birds looking at the clouds that creates presence, right? So that's how I teach people that are like, you know, 101, like, how do I become present? Well, just notice what you notice. Okay, right now, we hear a bird to the left. The sky's blue today. The sun's kind of warm. Can you feel the energy of those ponds back there? All of a sudden, we're present. We're out of our head. What a beautiful thing. And that's when you get those aha intuitive hits. I can't tell you how many times I'm running out back in my little greenway area here in Chantilly, and I will get those ideas, those hits. Oh my God, you should do this, you should do that. You should call that, you know, it's because I'm present and I'm in my breath, and that's when the awareness can come through. All of these thoughts are like roadblocks, letting nothing come through. And you know what happens? If people suffer from headaches and migraines frequently, a lot of schools or schools of thought say that that is awareness trying to come through being blocked so people that suffer from headaches or migraines all the time maybe ask yourself hmm am i listening to my intuition that little itty bitty whisper i'm in a marriage and i'm secretly miserable but you know what it's a nice house and i love my neighborhood and or they get I'm headaches. In a job and i'm yep. miserable and those things, those, re those relationships that don't serve you, whether it's a person, your relationship to your job, to wealth or money, if those things aren't um, clean and clear, those can bring blocks in your energy as well. People think, oh, I'm gonna go to Reiki to get my energy unblocked. And then they go home and they're in a relationship that they're not happy in a job that's miserable. Well, honey, that's why your energy's blocked. No Reiki person's gonna like, it's just gonna go back to being blocked. Yeah. It's really how you live your life. And I think that going back to the silence thing and this sort of personal work, I think it's different for everybody, right? So for maybe me, I'm visual. So if I want to meditate, I like to imagine things, the birds and the trees. But maybe maybe somebody's an accountant and they like to count. So they just count 
one, two, three, pause, three, two, one, and it gets them where they're trying to go. So this work is so personal. And so what I do in sessions is try to empower the person to self-study. Svadhyaya is the word in Sanskrit. Get to know yourself, right? So what color to you, Stuart, represents the highest vibrational heavenly energy? What color to you? Blue. See? So now in your everyday life, if you're feeling low vibrational, you can literally just close your eyes and imagine the color blue washing over your body or clearing out your energy, clearing anything that's not serving your highest good. So like it's getting a, to know yourself. Like a blue light, not a blue yes. paint. Yes. So for some people, it can be a haze. It can be effervescent, like a glass of champagne. It can be, for me, it's like a haze, like a white light. It seems to me you're talking about something that we don't all perceive it in the same way you can cultivate listening and cultivate seeing we could cultivate receiving or generating this particular type of wave which not everyone acknowledges right now yeah so mike dooley who was part of the secret if anybody has seen or watched that i took one of his workshops a couple years ago and he has a phrase very simple thoughts become things you know you think it it's going to happen and if you keep judging, judging, judging other people, then you're going to get judged, judged, judged. You know, I mean, I don't believe in the law of attraction 100% because I think that kind of takes the God energy out of things. So I can live my life and be amazing and eat healthy and be spiritual, but then walk outside and a truck runs me over. So the other side of the street, I don't know what's going to happen, but I want to keep my side of the street clean in the terms of law of attraction. Like I want to have my vibration as high and loving as possible so I can attract the same. But I do think in terms of thoughts, um, they're really here to remind us to put gas in our car, to remind us to pay our bill, right? To remind us like the ego stuff. Oh, there's a tiger in the bush. That's why the ego was. Like gas mm -hmm. in the car and pay the bills. Are you talking about doing? Like human things. Or, or are you talking, oh, you're not talking about put the put the oxygen mask on yourself first no. you're not talking about self-care no so thoughts are here like your ego and thoughts are here to remind you to like not burn yourself on the stove right they're not here to tell you who to marry file your taxes right they're not here to tell you who to marry or what career to do or if what friends you should have you should have that in your emotional body in your feelings intuition emotions intuition pretty much the same thing gut feeling right pretty much the same thing but your authentic emotions are kind of calm you know, like I've always had this nudge to do a podcast. I've always had this nudge to want to get my voice out in the world in this way. But it's never screamed at me. It's, it's kind of quiet. It's a little subtle. And that's what's tricky because your thoughts, what I've been told and what I believe is your thoughts shout and your intuition whispers. Same with your emotions. Well, I've heard that said is that the ego is the first voice and the loudest. Mm, exactly. Some people, men, in a kind of toxic way have been referred to as the loudest voice in the room. And so is really what I'm doing attempting to access the sacred feminine? Is that what I'm trying to do? Are you asking me? Yes. You're like the teacher. Like right now? Or what I'm, do you mean? I'm the pupil. I think if that's I mean, what so your, when, your intention is, then yes. If that's what makes you happy, then yes. No, when you, when, when you say intuition or intuitive Oh, thinking, the intuitive side. That's feminine, yes. Like I think yes. of analytical spreadsheets, math. That's all great, and I love it all. I that, think of that as masculine. People use spreadsheets on who they should marry. You know what I'm saying? You should not use logic and, and analytics to make decisions that aren't 
based on that. Right. Because you need to listen to you. Your, Crow, your he has thought, a great car and a beach house. Right, right. And your thoughts <laughs> Con, are not... bad breath. Your thoughts are not always in your best interest because they're connected to your ego and your ego is drenched in fear. Your authentic emotions are always in your best interest because like I said earlier, they're connected to your spirit. Yeah, because the spirit is going to last the, beyond the casket. The right. ego is not. Right. Um, Stuart Watson will be forgotten within 25 to 50 years. I mean, no one will know Stuart Watson 100 years from now. Mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. one will know that. Maybe. I mean, you're on TV, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I hadn't been on TV in seven years. Already forgotten. So what I'm getting at is the ego has every reason to fear because this body, if I identify, Okay, you mentioned Eckhart Tolle, it's the pain body. Mm -hmm. If I identify with the pain body, this meat suit's going away. It's worm food, you know, it's mm -hmm. ashes, it's dust. Whereas the spirit, light, energy, you know, yeah, it's yes. going on. Yep, and I think we ask to be human because we're asking for the contrast. And, you know, one thing's that one thing, three things that humans can do that other beings can't do, like angels, entities, say I have spirit guides right here with me right now. They oh, cannot. I think you do. They can't eat. Humans, though, we can eat, feel, and can we say it? Fuck. Yes. Three, that's three things that we can do that other entities and beings can't do. So if you're negating one third of that those things, if you're not listening to your authentic emotions, then why the flipper dip are you human? It's really important to honor your authentic emotions. And not to treat those things as sort of, not to treat them to diminish them in a kind of a cheap way. Like eating can be a sacred act. Um, sex can be a sacred act. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And feelings, to acknowledge feelings as a sacred thing is like, it's what I've got this time around. And I think sometimes with like your emotions and your intuition, it doesn't always make sense. And you know what's fun is you can do this with small things. So driving, sometimes I'm like, I'm not feeling the highway. And I'll go and do, you know, more head to Queens to whatever to get somewhere. And I won't go on the highway. Well, who knows? What did I dodge, right? What did I dodge by doing that? Right. It could be somebody's bad energy in the car next to me or maybe something bigger. And so it's really fun to play with your intuition um, with really small things. Like, should I get the red shoes or the yellow shoes? And try to tune in. Okay, not what my thoughts are saying, but what am I feeling? And then when you get the little wind, all of a sudden you love the red shoes that you chose. Then you pat yourself on the back and it's, you're strengthening that muscle. It's, it's work. It's yeah. like working out, you know? It gets I, stronger and stronger. I'm just saying... How do we make ourselves accessible to, so that we're not forever, the universe is trying to hand us something and we're pushing exactly. it away. We're we, we've our got way. our fists closed right. when the universe yep. is, is. So I believe that we are all, you know, capable of being abundant and I believe abundance, lots of money is not a bad thing, right? I think there's enough to go around in the whole wide world. But again, um, this all goes back to your childhood. So I had a belief, my dad worked at Chrysler in Syracuse, New York. And so what I saw, what I experienced as a child was that to make money, you need to work your face off and sort of be miserable. And then when you come home, you read the paper and you go to bed. So my belief around pulling money into my life, attracting money into my life was the only way you're going to do it is if you find a job that you work your face off and you're miserable doing it for uh, middle class income in Syracuse, New York. 
So guess what Jenny Busco did? I bartended for years and I was miserable. Bringing in, you know. And you worked really hard. Worked really hard. I worked in hotels. Like, I mean, that is like doctor level hard work. You're working every holidays. You don't get out till 5, 6 a.m. Because, you know, when CIAA comes to town, I mean, it is like you are fighting a war. No discount to fighting wars, but it's, it's hard. And um, I hated it and I was miserable. And then I started doing this work. And I realized that I was operating from what I saw. And a belief is just a certainty. I was certain from what I saw that that's how money comes into your life. And so as a spiritual being, I'm healing that. And that's what I do in my sessions. So I believe like our relationships were formed really, really early on. So whether it's how you found love, how you were loved, how you viewed love, how your parents interacted, you're just gonna keep repeating that in your life until you heal it. And then I think that's when you can really connect to the big, like you were saying, like God's love. How yep. do we open ourselves up and make ourselves available by acknowledging old school word providence mm -hmm. that we are provided for how do we do that i think it goes back to the sanskrit word i said earlier svedyaya self-study get to know yourself get curious that's interesting that i just responded that way when he said that to me that's interesting you know maybe you, you were really defensive when someone said something to you that's interesting hmm am i not feeling safe right now was there a place in childhood that i didn't feel safe i mean it always goes back to your childhood um, but i think it's really just about coming from a place of love ultimately let's just talk simplistically speaking it's love that's it so if you can come from a place of self-love and your behaviors based in love then your vibration is super high and expansive and you're only going to draw in super high and expansive experiences and physical things but the problem is things get blocked and you come from that place of fear because of your pains and wounds from childhood it's actually pretty simple how do we go about raising that vibrational energy like give me a quick Give me a quick tutorial on how to, how to jack that vibration up. You gotta clean up your, your side of the street, like I said earlier. Clean up your, there's two sides of the street. There's your side of the street and then there's God, whatever it is, right? Whoever's listening, whatever your God is, it can be this table that we're sitting on, can be your God. Whatever it is, is on the other side of the street. So our jobs as humans are to clean up our side of the street. Do we have stuck and stored emotions and pain? Well, we ask to feel emotions, that's why we're human. So let's feel our emotions and feel all of them and hope that they're not stuck in our bodies, right? Are we in healthy sexual relationships? Are we eating healthy, right? That's obvious. But I feel like you need to sort of clean up your side of the street and then work on knowing your worth and do you find, finding self-love. So I think self-love leads to the connection of universal love and the way that I teach self-love in my sessions is if anybody out there is listening and wants just a little exercise, think of something, maybe not someone that you love, right? Because people piss us off. I love singing. I love singing so much. And when I think about Taylor Swift's songs, I can just cry because I love singing her songs so much, right? So if I want to change the relationship to myself or to somebody else, instead of thinking how you think, try to think of something that you love and transpose that, in this case, into the way you feel about yourself. So maybe somebody out there loves cooking. They love cooking. It makes them so happy. When they think about themselves, literally just think about how much they love cooking and just like flip it into how they feel about themselves. You're just, you're kind of manipulating the, the relationship. So whenever I, whenever I pay a really big bill or I buy a round of drinks and it's $300 and I think it was going to be $300 or something that's like really dramatic, instead of me handing over my debit card and being like, oh shit, that's a lot of money. I think of Taylor Swift. I think how much I love her and I hand over the debit card. I'm changing my relationship to the factory life that I saw as a child with money by thinking of things I love when I do things that typically stress me out because love transforms, love heals. Yeah, and 
and yet we're taught in church that the love of money is the root of all evil but you're you're not talking about an egoic kind of thing you're no, talking about a relationship this, this is a gift it's a means to an end it's a it's a means of the demonstration of God's abundance, if you will. And I think everything in this whole entire world, every relationship, whether it is to ourselves, to money, to our careers, to our animals, it's all about the relationship you have to yourself, right? So in my relationship inside, in my energy, I was told you're only gonna make money if you're miserable. Well, there are people who treat food as an extension of ego. They treat sex as an extension of ego. They treat money as an extension of ego. They treat certain relationships as an extension of ego. Um, but what you're saying is each of those things can also be an extension of spirit or a manifestation of spirit. And I think the ego that you're saying, like the word I'm hearing, it's almost like protective. They're overeating to feel safe. They're over drinking to feel safe. It's like there's or like a protective. Or I have this wine collection. Right. Or I'm going to, you know, spend $10,000 on a dinner. Right. That's different. But you know what? If you're doing it with people that you love, and you would also receive that from them, right? Going back to receiving, you shouldn't be giving too much, especially us old souls. We give so much because we're so compassionate. But guess what? We also need to receive. And we have a hard time receiving because we're so compassionate, saving the fucking puppy on the street. But meanwhile, we're not honoring our own emotions or speaking up about how we feel to our partners. Well, it's in interesting because the frequency of like giving and receiving are all the same with pretty much anything. So what I mean by that is I'll ask clients, when someone gives you a compliment, what do you say? And they'll be like, I'm uncomfortable. And I'm like, okay, so like the energy of receiving is the same across the board. So if you can't receive a, a client or if you can't receive a compliment, you're not receiving universal love. Receiving is receiving is receiving and you need to give and receive in reciprocity. Does that make sense? So you need to be able to, if you can't, if you can't receive a compliment from somebody, then you're blocking universal God love because receiving is all the same. You're like, you're not gripping. There's no scarcity. You're in the mode of that, that it come, comes and goes easily and often. So guess what? It's going to come and go. Where the people that hoard stuff or they're cheap and they don't want to, you know, tip big even though the bartender was awesome, they're, they're like fingers are closed, you know? If the action feels inspired and you're empowered and you feel good, whatever it is that you're talking about, doesn't matter what it is to anybody out there. If it feels good, then move towards that. Joy is your guidance system. Yes, that's a yes. Go towards that, right? But then also I, what I would recommend, like if you were in a session is we'd come up with some sort of mantras, like please allow this to happen if it's in my greater good, if it's serving my highest self. For example, if you got $10 million tomorrow, maybe you wouldn't do this podcast. And guess what? You're probably reaching a lot of people through this podcast. So if you had $10 million, you might be sitting in Hawaii just doing nothing and not serving your purpose. And your higher self wants you to serve your purpose. Or I might use the $10 million to grow the podcast. You might, but you, you might, but I think your higher self knows that. Yeah. If we get struck by lightning today <laughs> and the only thing that survives is this little bit of digital audio, what is your legacy? Um, I think I said it earlier, but I would say in one word is empowerment. I have empowered myself this life and I have seen my life change because of it. I have seen my relationships change. And it's really scary when you come from a place where you don't feel a lot of self-worth or worthiness and to step into that place. But my life has changed considerably since that. And I think that my purpose is to empower others to do the same in whatever that capacity is for them, to heal things that have not 
you know, been worked on and to figure out what they're feeling, to express that, to attract healthy relationships and then find a purpose. We should not be going to jobs for eight or 10 hours a day that we're miserable and then doing what we love. We're in a place now in the world and consciousness where we should be spending our time and our days in our purpose and making a living doing it. In my opinion, most of us. Do you have like a best girlfriend? I have a couple, yes. Um, what would they say at your memorial? Well, so my girlfriend, Rebecca, Rebecca always says the one thing, and she always tells people this, the one thing that she loves about me and that she strives to be, um, and she, I feel like she is, is that my authenticity. If I was to meet your mother, any of your mothers, your kid, the pool boy here, I'm always Jennifer Busco. I think it's just, this is who I am. And I think that is a gift in itself because my authenticity helps people feel safe because they can tell that it's really who I am. Um, so I think that's what she would say about me. And then I'm ridiculous. I'm pretty funny and ridiculous and a little out there. She's like, Jennifer, I can't believe you just said that in public. <laughs> but that's authentically who I am. I'm ridiculous. So why should I squash that, you know? You have fun with it. You lean into it. Yes. Uh, I have learned a lot and I've had a lot of fun and I thank you and I honor you. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste, Stuart. Thank you, Jennifer. I am grateful to you. You can find Jennifer at jenniferbusco.com or the Jennifer Johnny, J-O-N-N-I-E podcast. And I appreciate that. I am grateful to you. Learned a lot. Man Listening is a production of Unmediated LLC in cooperation with the Queen City Podcast Network and Balto Creative Media. Allison Andrews at Andrews Creative and Rachel Clapp Miller are developmental producers. Sally Higgins at Higgins and Owens tries to keep us legal. Our music is A Day at the Park by the group Pictures of the Floating World. Your announcer is Catherine Smith. That's me. Please go to our Patreon page. You'll find us at patreon.com. Look for Man Listening, one word, no spaces. We hope you'll join us by becoming a member. A small investment can raise up the conversation. If you want exclusive member merch, like a t-shirt, we can arrange that too. A huge thank you and shout out to everyone who has supported Man Listening from the very beginning. 116 continuous weeks of new episodes. Thanks so much. Don't forget to support us at Patreon. We believe one voice can change the conversation. Thanks.